Welcome to Chapter 10, Section 1, which is titled Greece and Persia. I'm going to be reading through parts of this section, not the whole thing this time. And I will be adding in some information as we go along. So you're starting on page 286, where it says Persia becomes an empire. And it starts like this. While the Athenians were taking the first steps toward creating a democracy, a new power was rising in the east. This power, the Persian Empire, would one day attack Greece. But early in their history, the Persians were an unorganized nomadic people. You guys remember what nomadic means? Think about that one. You learned it uh, when we talked about Israel. It took the skills of leaders like Cyrus the Great and Darius I to change that situation. Under these leaders, the Persians created a huge empire, one of the mightiest of the ancient world. All right, we're at the point where it says Cyrus the Great in red letters. Early in their history, the Persians often fought other peoples of Southwest Asia. Sometimes they lost. In fact, they lost a fight to a people called the Medes and were ruled by them for about 150 years. In 550 BC, however, Cyrus II led a Persian revolt against the Medes. His revolt was successful. Cyrus won independence from Persia and conquered the Medes. His victory marked the beginning of the Persian Empire. Okay, so if you go back and take a look at the word revolt, you should be able to figure out what a revolt is. As you can see on the map, Cyrus conquered much of Southwest Asia, including nearly all of Asia Minor during his rule. Included in this region were several Greek cities that Cyrus took over. He then marched south to conquer Mesopotamia. Cyrus also added land to the east. He led his army into Central Asia to the Jakartes River, which we now call the Sherdaria. When he died around 529 BC, Cyrus ruled the largest empire the world had ever seen. Cyrus let the people he conquered keep their own customs. He hoped this would make them less likely to rebel. He was right. Few people rebelled against Cyrus, and his empire remained strong. Because of his great successes, historians call him Cyrus the Great. Okay, everyone, we are at the bottom of page 287, where it says the Persian army in red. Cyrus was successful in his conquests because his army was strong. It was strong because it was well-organized and loyal. At the heart of the Persian army were the immortals, 10,000 soldiers, chosen for their bravery and skill. In addition to the immortals, the army had a powerful cavalry. A cavalry is a unit of soldiers who ride horses. Cyrus used his cavalry to charge at and shoot an enemy with arrows. This strategy weakened the enemy before the immortals attacked. Together, the cavalry and the immortals could defeat almost any foe. Now the blue section on page 288, the Persian Empire grows stronger. Cyrus's son, Cambyses, continued to expand the Persian Empire after Cyrus died. For example, he conquered Egypt and added it to the empire. Soon afterward, though, a rebellion broke out in Persia. Okay, for those of you who are wondering about rebellion versus revolt, they are synonyms. You guys remember what synonyms are, right? During this rebellion, Cambyses died. His death left Persia without a clear leader. Within four years, a young prince named Darius I claimed the throne and killed all his rivals for power. Once he was securely in control, Darius worked to restore order in Persia. He also improved Persian society and expanded the empire. Red section, political organization. Darius organized the empire by dividing it into 20 provinces. Okay, these 20 provinces are sort of like America being divided up into 50 states. So provinces, they're similar to states. And then he chose governors called satraps, which are sort of like our governors today, to rule the provinces for him. 
The satraps collected taxes for Darius, served as judges, and put down rebellions within their territories. Satraps had great power within their provinces, but Darius remained the empire's real ruler. His officials visited each province to make sure the satraps were loyal to Darius. He called himself king of kings to remind other rulers of his power. Persian society. After Darius restored order to the empire, he made many improvements to Persian society. For example, he built many roads. Darius had roads built to connect various parts of the empire. Messengers used these roads to travel quickly throughout Persia. One road, called the Royal Road, was more than 1,700 miles long. Even Persia's enemies admired these roads and the Persian messenger system. For example, one Greek historian wrote, nothing mortal travels so fast as these Persian messengers. These men will not be hindered from accomplishing at their best speed the distance which they have to go, either by snow or rain or heat or by the darkness of night. So this can be considered one of the first postal services in the world. Darius also built a new capital for the empire. It was called Persepolis. Darius wanted his capital to reflect the glory of his empire. So he filled the city with beautiful works of art. For example, 3,000 carvings like the ones on the previous page. Yeah, you can stop and take a look at page 288. Line the city's walls. Statues throughout the city glittered with gold, silver, and precious jewels. During Darius's rule, a new religion arose in the Persian Empire as well. This religion, was, which was called Zoroastrianism, taught that there were two forces fighting for control of the universe. One force was good, and the other was evil. Its priests urged people to help the son of good in his struggle. This religion remained popular in Persia for many centuries. Last little red section, Persian expansion. Like Darius, like Cyrus, Darius wanted the Persian Empire to grow. In the east, he conquered the entire Indus Valley. He also tried to expand the empire westward into Europe. However, before Darius could move very far into Europe, he had to deal with a revolt in the empire. Now that we finished reading through the first two sections that are labeled in blue, let's go back to page 287 and take a look at this map. There is a biography box over there and it's about Cyrus the Great. So let's read through that first to see what it tells us about the map. It says, one reason that Cyrus the Great was so successful as emperor was the way he treated conquered people. He didn't force people to adopt Persian customs, and he didn't mistreat them. For example, Cyrus allowed the conquered Babylonians to keep worshiping their own gods. He also allowed the Jews who had been Babylonian slaves to return to their homeland. Because of these acts, both the Babylonians and the Jews had great respect for Cyrus. Okay, so take a look at the map, and you notice that there are a bunch of different colors on here, so let's figure out what these different colors are for. The darkest purple section says that is the amount of land that Persia ruled under Cyrus. The light purple stuff is what he managed to conquer. You'll see that's a huge amount of territory. And then later, the territory that was conquered by Cambyses, who succeeded or came after Cyrus the Great. And then the dark pink or orange orangey colored stuff is what um, Darius was able to conquer. Now, if you take a look at the green line, that is the royal road that they had built in order to create the sort of postal service they had. And the capital cities are marked. Um, they're Pasargade and Persepolis. 
So if you take a look at where those capital cities are located, can you figure out why they're, where they're at? There's actually a good reason for them being there and not further east or farther west. If you can figure it out, awesome. Otherwise, the reason why is because it's centrally located, which allows the ruler to have control is um, an equal distance away from all of the furthest away parts of the empire. 